Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Pull up one of those chairs to the campfire. I hope you are one of the happiest campers in the RV world. And I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures. And help you. With great tips. Tricks. And discounts. We are so excited. Today is the first day that we can register for the next FMCA convention. Yes, and that has been done. We're all set up and ready to go. So if you're going, let's let's hang toast out. a beer or something. <laughs> Wait, toast a beer? Toast I don't a beer. Know. Yeah, whatever. Mm, yummy. Yeah. <laughs> I love toast. Mm, I love beer. Where are we going? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to Gillette, Wyoming with the FMCA. We are also very excited because we have not one, not two, but three. Three guests three, today. Three, three guests in one. So if you guys are sick of our voices, you're in luck. <laughs> you're not going to hear them quite as much in this one. <laughs> I hope that if they take the time to subscribe to the Stressless Camping Podcast, even though it's free, I hope they're not too sick of I our voices. I hope well, absence anyway. makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe next week they'll really be dying to hear us again. Wow, maybe. <laughs> or maybe they'll be like, oh, oh man, I wish they'd do more episodes like more that. Guests. Anyway, <laughs> we need to stop jabbering and start playing. So without any further ado, we are going to introduce you today to Bryce from Odyssey Batteries, Griff from Fire Disc Cookers, and Ed from Homestead RV Community. Man, that's a bunch of folks. So let's get to it. Yeah. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now, now that's, that's Stressless, stressless camping. camping. We are very pleased to welcome Bryce Gregory, the product manager for transportation systems for Odyssey Batteries. Bryce, thank you for spending some time with us today on a topic that a lot of people have a lot of questions about. We get a lot of those uh, questions <laughs> at <bet>. work. <laughs> yeah. So we had focused in on AGM batteries 
And first of all, I think it's a good idea that we tell people what is an AGM battery. AGM is an acronym for absorbed glass mat. What that specifically refers to is that if you picture a traditional battery, what we call flooded battery, is basically a bunch of lead plates surrounded by liquid acid. And an AGM battery puts a fiberglass mat between those plates, and that fiberglass mat absorbs the acid and keeps it in contact with the plate, but doesn't allow it to slosh around. And if you take that one step further, we take our batteries, which we call TPPL, which is just a more advanced version of an AGM battery. And we put a significant amount of pressure on those plates, which significantly reduces the resistance that you get from a battery by putting those plates and the acid under pressure. And we use different materials to do that. I'd like to make sure that we qualify ourselves as more than AGM. AGM is the core technology, right. the peer led AGM that makes the biggest difference. AGMs in general are better batteries. They're generally almost always dual purpose, so they can be used for cranking or for cycling. But most of them are 50% duty cycle and they don't have the rated life. They, you know, less than half the rated life generally as we do in terms of cycles. So yes, we are AGM. We say AGM a lot, but I like to further qualify that because you're really not going to find a lot of TPPL manufacturers. There are a couple in the world, but we're the biggest one in the U.S. for sure. A typical AGM battery will use calcium to strengthen the plates. And since we put pressure on the plates, they kind of strengthen each other by the case putting pressure on them. So we don't need to use the strengthening materials inside the plates. Thus, we have what's referred to as a peer-led chemistry. And the reason you want that peer-led chemistry is because calcium actually causes lead to corrode. And that's kind of why you have a limited life of an AGM or flooded battery. Because mm. flooded batteries also use calcium. Basically, the day they're produced, they start corroding essentially hmm. whereas in a peer-like chemistry you don't get that corrosion so your batteries would also last longer than both a flooded battery so a flooded battery if you know if you go to your rv dealer especially if you're buying a towable rv chances are they're going to include one 12 volt what you typically would think of as a car battery but it's not it's a deep cycle flooded battery and you have to maintain it which means that periodically you should take the caps off and look at how much water is in there and add distilled water if it needs it. And you can damage a battery by not having enough water. You can boil over the water. And as you said, they corrode, which is not a good thing. And it's recognized that they last from one to three years in a typical RV application. Yeah, And of course, yeah. there's variables. I mean, I know people who've had theirs for five or six years. So I live in New York and batteries and cars, even flooded batteries last a lot longer here because the temperature is not as extreme in general. So there are some mitigating factors that determine the length of that battery life. But on average, about the longest you're going to get out of a calcium-based lead-acid battery is about five years. And if you cycle that battery, it's not going to be as long. One thing to note is that there has been a recent trend in the RV market is that the OEMs no longer provide batteries except for motorhomes. So now your dealer determines what battery you get, not the OEM. So that's an opportunity for someone purchasing a new or used motorhome to make a selection as opposed to taking whatever they feel like throwing in there. Mm -hmm. I would think that an RV dealer who's selling travel trailers or just about any RV really would make sense to offer an Odyssey battery upgrade to their customers. Yeah. We're working our way towards that. <laughs> because obviously, you know, some people are going to buy it 
it and go park it permanently at a site. However, even then, a flooded battery has big disadvantages. Sure. You so, still have to maintain that even if you don't right. drive and it. <laughs> people don't realize that. We used to sell travel trailers to people who would park them full time. And almost mm-hmm. invariably within six months, despite what we told them, they'd be back and go, hey, all mm-hmm. my systems aren't working properly. And it's like, did you check the battery? No. Yeah. So a big advantage of TPPL is it's actually big. It can handle those low depth of discharges that happen if someone forgets to plug it in. And there is no real maintenance on a TPPL battery. There's no real exposure to the acids. You don't get corrosion on the terminals. Many of our batteries have brass terminals on them, which further enhances the corrosion from other environmental factors. In general, our batteries can survive low depth of discharges very well. As a matter of fact, our batteries are rated for 80% depth of discharge up to 400 cycles in their life, and there really is nothing else on the market that can do that in the lead acid space. That's unusual because another common thing with flooded batteries especially is that even though it may be rated for 80 amp hours you really only can use half of that right that's right that's a big difference on your agm batteries as opposed to a typical flooded battery yeah it absolutely is that's a huge difference even the deep discharge flooded battery typically is only really good down to about 50 percent and the 50 percent rating of our battery would be extremely many more cycles and more than our 80 percent rating but that's one of the big advantages of tppl is that it has that resilience down to 20 percent state of charge or 80 percent depth of discharge that's, That's great. interesting. Yeah. We also rate our product with a two-year shelf life. So for the dealers out there that might be listening, you know, you can buy our product and you can rest assured that it's safe on your shelves for up to two years. You don't have to worry about selling the precious battery. I mean, yes, you should cycle your inventory. Yes, you should do those best practices. But holding inventory of an Odyssey battery is not as risky as other manufacturers' batteries or other types of chemistry batteries. That's good huh. to know. And so what is a typical lifetime for one? one of your batteries as opposed to your typical lead acid battery? This is a really difficult thing to put in terms because everybody uses batteries different, right? Right. So I can tell you experientially as well as what we say, you know, in general, that we design our product for a 10-year life. Granted, the only real tests for that stuff are not realistic applications like stationary power, like backup power batteries that really never get cycled. And the testing for that is you float charge it, you hold it at a charge at a higher temperature for an extended period of time, and you kind of calculate how long it would really last in a 25 degree C nominal environment. Well, then nobody does that with their batteries, right? Right. Right. But we do many trade shows. We talk to a lot of customers. Odyssey batteries been around for 25 years this year. This is the 25th anniversary of Odyssey battery and many, many customers will come up and tell you that they have batteries in their camper, their motorcycle, their car, their truck, whatever, for 10 to 15 years. And someone like, I'm just replacing it because it's 12 years old or not because it doesn't work anymore. I'm a big RVer myself. I actually have two RVs. I have one that's stationary park in a campground near Ithaca, New York. And then I have one that uh, I travel with. My son races and we're just about every weekend out racing and we take that camper on vacation and do different things with the type of camping we do that camper set up for boondocking and uh, we have four AGM batteries and I sleep with a CPAP and I run the CPAP off of that and we run fans off of the batteries and do a lot of things that your typical boondockers would do and you know those batteries have lasted six years and they still test at 100% capacity. Wow. That's impressive there but in addition one of the benefits of AGM batteries in general is no maintenance. 
correct? I mean, you don't have to check water levels and all of that stuff. Yeah, the only maintenance we recommend is making sure they're clean. Right. <laughs> People don't realize that uh, dirt has some ionization and can and cause a low-level discharge. So it's always a good idea at anybody's batteries to keep them clean. So to help keep batteries clean, I know like with lithium batteries, because they aren't flooded and they don't have acid in them, you can pretty much put them anywhere, like inside in a cupboard or whatever. They don't off-gas and they don't spill. Mm-hmm. Are AGM batteries good for keeping indoors rather than out on the tongue like we have to do with our flooded batteries? Any lead-acid battery, actually any battery, has the capacity to vent, including lithium. Now, lithium, unless it really fails, will not vent. Any lead-acid battery, if charged to a certain point, will off-gas. So that's why the requirements exist for the vented battery compartments for lead-acid batteries. And that does potentially affect all lead-acid batteries. Now, that being said, the reality with a TPPL battery is it's a recombinant battery. So, yes, it generates hydrogen and oxygen internally from the process of charging and discharging, but it maintains that in a vapor form inside the battery, and then it recombines as water and goes back into the battery and absorbs back into the mat. And if you lose any of that moisture, you can't replace it. So as long as you actually keep the charging voltages where they're supposed to be, around 14.5 is around the most you really should be charging these batteries with, it will generally not gas at all. But the potential exists that it could, so you want to keep it in a vented compartment. So don't just store it under your pillow. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. But at least having that option of having it indoor but vented, it's easier to help keep it clean because you're keeping it out of the weather and you don't have to worry so much about accessing it to maintain it. And we also sell a bunch of different footprint batteries. So we do sell tall, for lack of a better term, slimline batteries that we mostly sell into the boating market for yachts and sailboats that people are essentially boondocking on the water. That's a key market for that footprint. But the different footprints we have all allow you to do the same thing. So an Odyssey battery is an Odyssey battery. They're all developed to be able to cycle many, many times. And so you can just fit the footprint that fits the best and know that you can mount them in basically any direction except for upside down. Actually, mine are on their end, the small end of the battery. In my camper, I have them mounted in that direction. Oh, that's really good. So I have mine mounted in my generator box, which I don't have a generator in, to keep that as open as possible. I put them over to the side and and mounted them vertically. That's a good idea. And then are there limitations on like i know lithium once it gets at about 32 degrees or below it really does not want a charge how is that compared to agm batteries all batteries the resistance increases as the temperature drops and that's just a chemical reaction truth lithium-ion batteries at about the freezing point will dramatically increase in resistance, essentially kind of preventing charging. You have to be very careful with how much energy you push into them. But our batteries will accept full charge rates down to minus 40, just fine. And they will provide crank ratings down to minus 40C as well. 40C and 40F are about the same number. That's when swearing is fully justified at that temperature. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I don't function well in that temperature. Right. In reality, south of, we'll say, Toronto, pretty much you don't see too much minus 40C (laughs) or 40 Fahrenheit. It's the rare occurrence that that would happen. But So our number one customer right now is the trucking market and has been for many years. We sell to what I'll call the ultimate boondocker, the guys who have sleeper cabs. There's been many 
anti-idling laws in many vicinities and states that have been enacted over the past couple of years to a decade that prevent them from idling their vehicle. So a lot of them put a small generator on, which is allowed and is referred to as an APU, but many of them and many OEMs now offer what's called an EAPU, which is a battery bank and an air conditioner that will run off of that battery bank, which is the number one reason people are idling their trucks is to run their air conditioning. Right. So we sell into that market and those trucks get driven 120,000 miles a year and our batteries last and last and last. And that's why that market has essentially fully adopted our product what we refer to as EAPU application. And these guys are doing it four and five days a week, if not more. Interesting. And so I guess our last question would be about cost versus either a typical lead-acid battery or I know a typical lithium battery is, let's say, about $800. is about what the street price is now. So for a typical travel trailer battery, what kind of costs are you looking at for that? Versus the typical lithium solution for similar amounts of energy, you're in the one-third to one-half range in general. Okay. And with all things, you kind of get what you pay for, right? So you have to be very careful, especially purchasing a lithium battery because of the catastrophic potential of those batteries. So buying from a well-recognized, reputable brand, and there are many, many brands right now on the market, would be an important thing if someone was asking me about buying those. And then in terms of flooded batteries, yeah, you're going to probably pay at least two times as much for one of the AGM TPPL Odyssey batteries, but you're going to look at getting these, you know, three to five plus year life, even boondocking applications. Everybody I know that runs flooded batteries in their camper replace them every year. I've got almost four years on mine, but I'm a nut about maintenance and I keep actually (laughs) wanting it to die. Yeah, he wants to get a new battery, but he just won't (laughs) leave the flooded batteries alone and let them die so we can have to move on. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I bet you several different campers and RVs and even before I was so embedded in the battery world, pretty much every year in our RV. We had to put new batteries in it. Yeah. And doing the boondocking that we do, the people that we camp with often and run into, they all say the same thing. They pretty much have to replace their batteries, usually every spring because they forgot to disconnect it or <laughs> because they didn't take it some way or, right. you know, there's certainly a lot of things you can do to help make sure those batteries last a long time. And, you know, one of the good things that some manufacturers have begun doing is putting a disconnect switch on the camper and, yeah. and uh, being religious but uh, but uh, your propane detector will kill your battery very fast. Yeah, right. that's the thing. Or just all those little parasitic loads like the propane detector and the circuit board in the fridge and the circuit board in the water heater. and the radio. On and on and on. Yep. And the honestly, battery doesn't save you from that. It does give you the opportunity that it's much more likely that it's going to recover for when you forget those things. Mm-hmm. And it probably has two or three times the amount of energy in it in terms of RC, in some cases, depending on whose battery you have. So one thing I do like to say in general is oversize your batteries. Don't try to size to your application exactly. You know, yeah. Try to put twice as much battery in as you think you need because whenever you forget something or you leave something on for, you know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the opportunity to recover from that is much more possible if you have a lot more energy on board. Good point. Yeah, and I'm noticing yeah. your batteries also have both the screw terminals and the typical terminals on top too which is cool so that's our marine series just to be very clear our non-marine and marine batteries are 
identical. They're the same battery. The membrane battery just has the extra terminals. Oh, okay. But that's great for, like, if you want to add a solar panel, you know, you can charge directly mm-hmm. even with the battery disconnect on. Mm-hmm. Ah. It certainly makes it much more easy. And you can buy uh, terminal adapters that will facilitate that same thing that basically moves that connection outside the battery. But yes, there's many advantages to the marine-style termination, especially having your camper connected to one side and your charging system connected to the other. Pretty cool. And brass terminals, as you mentioned earlier, of course. Mm-hmm. Are your batteries sold direct or are they through dealers? Both. You can buy our batteries right now. You can order them at AutoZone, or you can have them shipped to store. And that really can save you a lot of money on shipping. You can order them off our website, and we have many dealers. And if you just look on our website, you can figure out who those dealers are. Great. Sounds good. And we are built in the U.S., so our batteries are built in Missouri. That's important to know, too. Yeah. Every battery that's in and around Mars right now is from Enersys. Interesting. Huh. We like to say we own space. So the history of our batteries, <laughs> the Odyssey batteries, the way they're built today, come from military heritage. And you can find about that on our website. But if you look at the U.S. submarine fleet and all the tanks and the airplanes that we fly military, they all have Intersys product on them. The nuclear subs are powered by the same core technology as these batteries. And those subs get refit about every seven years with a new set of batteries, whether they need them or not. But they last seven years or yeah. they're constantly being cycled. Right. Yeah, which is... And they're huge. That's pretty cool that an American-made battery is up on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce, we really appreciate your taking your time to talk to us about batteries today. Yes, for sure. And I think I actually... I don't think I ever really tried to picture what an inside of a battery looks like, but you described it very well, and I (laughs) think I can picture it now. (laughs) There's some really good pictures on odysseybattery.com. I highly recommend you take a gander at our website. Some of the competitive batteries in our market that are closer in price range and widely used, we typically have 30% more energy storage on them than our competitors with the cylindrical cells because we can put a lot more lead in that battery. There's lots of resources on odysseybattery.com, And if you have any questions or concerns, you can email or contact us through the website. And we're going to put that link in our show notes so that people don't have to try and remember it and they can just link right to it. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank Uh, you, Bryce. We appreciate your spending some time with us today. Thank you. Take care. Uh, You too. Have a good weekend. You You too. We know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today We are pleased to announce that we have Griff Jaggard with us today, and he and his brother are the inventors of the Fire Disc, which we have been loving the heck out of. (laughs) (laughs) 
Welcome, Griff. Well, thank you for having us on. This is this is exciting for sure. I'm impressed as heck just thinking of inventing something and then starting a company and sharing it with the world. Where did the inspiration come from for inventing the fire disc? And I guess we should probably, we will have a video review that goes along with this. So yeah. we'll put a link to that so you can see it. But tell the listening audience, what is a fire disc? Sure. So I guess to answer your first question, Hunter and I, you know, as brothers, we always were hunting and fishing and we were always, you know, messing with stuff and breaking stuff and learned how to fix a lot of stuff by breaking stuff and you know, wild kids and, you know, loved hunting, fishing, cooking and all that. And then, you know, we went to school up in Lubbock at Texas Tech University and a lot of people up that region would use discatas and cook on, you know, what was that of a plow disc, a farmer's plow disc. They'd weld the center of it shut with a piece of metal and cook on it. People have been cooking on those for years and Hunter's father-in-law gave him kind of a makeshift one and we were messing around with it down at the hunting lease and with our buddies on weekends and we said, this thing cooks awesome but you know you'd set it on the coals and it had no heat source it wasn't really portable we started thinking like god there's such a use for this everybody just loves it but you know it's like where do you go buy one and you can't. And so one napkin drawing led to another and we uh, <laughs> came up with the fire disc. So basically the fire disc is a portable propane cooker. The original was designed from a plow disc and it's got a heat ring around it that you can boil in it, you can fry in it, you can sear in it. I mean, I've done pasta in that thing, gumbo, you know, different soups in that thing is amazing. And, and the, both the legs actually fold up and collapse. So you can stick it right underneath your RV in the back of your truck in a large suitcase. So it's uh, it's very portable. You can take it pretty much anywhere with you. But, you know, we do see a lot of people today are using a lot in their backyard because it's so easy to cook on and so easy to clean up that that it makes life easier and we live in such a convenient world today who doesn't like something easier right (laughs) one of the things more than anything else that struck me about it is it is just built like a tank there is nothing flimsy or cheap or halfway done on that fire disc i was really impressed with the quality of materials and the build on it yeah well it's funny you bring that up and as i mentioned earlier hunter and i you know broke a lot of things and had to fix a lot of things <laughs> yeah we said if we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna do it right and we're gonna build it like a tank and we just don't want any customer service issues so you know we put extra time in, in developing it and doing it right so there's no parts that are gonna rust or no nuts or bolts that are gonna fall off and that's it you notice there are no nuts and bolts i mean it comes yeah. ready to go there's no assembly yeah on the video i showed peggy just taking it right out of the box and putting it together and bing bang boom ready to go there's no assembly required (laughs) yeah nobody likes going to the store and say oh i got this neat cooker no wait i gotta pay to get it assembled or i gotta go home and spend an hour and a half putting it together right exactly you can go right to the store and be cooking we were done eating in an hour and a half (laughs) yeah yeah the first thing i did i cooked two pounds of bacon it was right there easy peasy and then mm-hmm. also helped season it that was appetizer <laughs> night here have yeah. a slice of bacon here's a, here's a slice of i was like elvis passing out hey bubba have a nice slice of bacon thank you very much that's right <laughs> but then another thing i've made in it again back to bacon i cooked some bacon and then put some water you know obviously you clean out the bacon grease and then you put some water and i steamed some brussels sprouts and then i put those in the bacon together that was good too yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Worked out one cooker for everything. Describe to our audience how easy this is to clean because it really is. Use a towel and water and that's it. Because, you know, it seasons just like that of a cast iron skillet. And so once you have it seasoned, it'll beat off like a duck's back. So when you're done cooking, just rinse it out with water and wipe it down. Yeah. It's really easy to clean and it's a great campground 
tool because you don't have to be fussy with it and all of that. Um, another thing that I really liked about the design are the tools that you guys have developed yeah, that go with that it. Yeah, that spatula thing is <laughs> was a great toy. <laughs> it's the real deal. And, you know, that kind of came after the fire disc, you know, a lot of those other, you know, accessory inventions, but we were just out there. It's like, nobody makes a real good, heavy duty spatula that you can use. that doesn't just bend or break or the wooden handle falls off. And so when we did that, we put the same effort into that as we did the fire disc and say, okay, this thing is going to be built like a tank too. And you don't have to replace it. You know, right. it'll, it'll last for generations. And, you know, the other accessories came from there. And another thing not to be discounted is basically the fire disc. The one we have is the three foot tall and it mm -hmm. sits on that stand. And then the fire disc just rests by gravity on top of that. But it's heavy enough that, you don't. it's not wobbly or flimsy or anything. But then all of your tools have a hook that hooks on the side of the fire disc. Right. Even the lid that you guys make hooks right there on the side. You never have to fumble around for, oh, where am I going to put this? It stays mm -hmm. up off the ground and hooks right there and so there's there's a lot of thought and a bottle opener don't forget that oh part. yeah and, and believe <laughs> don't me don't forget that <laughs> that was used to full extent <laughs> and so right now you're selling both direct and through retailers correct so we have lots of dealers 500 across the nation that would sell to ace hardware's true values Bucky's, that's one large one here in Texas that's quickly expanding. I want to go to Bucky's. <laughs> They're amazing. And then, yes, we sell direct on our website and then Amazon as well. So, Tony mentioned that we had the taller version. We got the three foot version, which is stove height. Standard countertop yeah, height. Yeah, countertop or stove height. And then I noticed that the other one's about two feet. So, I thought, well, maybe that's for people who are accustomed to cooking over a campfire and don't mind. We're, you know, we're not the kind of people who can bend over easily. To cook. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, no, I don't want to reach for it. But I thought, well, who wouldn't want the tall one? And then I thought, well, you know, the smaller one is easier to carry around. And for people who are accustomed to cooking on that lower surface, they don't have a problem with that. That's right. It's just honestly, it's just personal preference. Uh, we have a lot of people who just like the smaller one. And, you know, I mean, I have my kids kind of cook on the smaller one, too. And they love that. The cooking weapon accessory that you all have is actually two inches longer than most. So it kind of reduces that issue of having to bend over. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're 6'6", six, six, you know, you obviously want the taller one. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like the taller one because it's like being in the kitchen and you're just, you're up high, it's cooking, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was a big hit at the gathering, was a big hit with my friend who owns the brewery. And I think you've got a heck of a product there. And one of the things I will recommend if you go buy one, there's also a wind guard that goes around the flame. That was very useful. Mm -hmm. I had a good chance to poke fun at friends who had the Blackstone grid and they kept blowing out and i'm like well <laughs> and the other great thing is the adapter so that instead of using the little green propane bottles you can actually hook up to 20 gallon propane tanks that we carry on the front of the rv correct to make it completely portable you know we designed it to work with that small green propane tank that'll last almost two hours yeah on high but uh yeah if you if you're not moving you're in the backyard you're cooking for a lot of people for several days yeah get the adapter hose and the big tank and that'll last you for a long time. Right. Yeah. The next thing is, 
I'd like to see somehow some way to finagle it so I can hook it to that propane fitting on the side of the RV, but that comes out of a regulator. Yeah, so we are working on a quick connect that will work that. So it's already regulated and it'll basically be a kit, oh. an accessory kit, because obviously you can't have it regulated and then put it into the regulator on the cooker. So yeah. it'll be right. a replacement for that. But yeah, similar is, you know, we're also working on a natural gas fitting too, similar. Interesting. Well, right. when the quick connect comes out, I'm going to be first in line right there getting me <laughs> oh, one <yeah>. of those. <laughs> Well, any other tips and ideas you have for our audience? Those that have a fire disc, experiment with it. That's what cooking's all about. I mean, it's really, you can virtually cook anything, but, you know, have fun with it and get your friends around and then cook for a ton of people. That's what it's made for. And for those that don't have a fire disc, I recommend you check it out because it'll take a lot of stress away from cooking for the family, whether you're in your backyard or out on a camping trip, because it's just super easy. And again, you can experiment and put whatever you want on it. And kids love it too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a great cooker. In some ways, it's kind of like a wok where a lot of the heat is in the center and then there's different degrees of heat radiating out from the middle. Your cooking zone is in the middle, 100%. The center will get up to about 600 degrees. The middle, about 400, and then the, the edge, about 200. So, you know, I like to cook steaks on that thing because it'll get up to 600 degrees and you can sear it really well. And then if I'm doing my mushrooms, I can push off those. The, unlike a wok, it's so deep, you can't push stuff off the side. Well, with this, you can, and you can mush it off the side and keep it warm. Yeah, it's a great warming area along the edges of it. We see people hang tortillas over the side and cook fajitas and just warm the tortillas and then they cook the fajitas in the middle. That's one of the things I did. I mm -hmm. cooked chili dog wraps in it. Well, the tortillas were flat. We didn't hang them over the side. Right. We, no, we I didn't, didn't think of that. That no, would have been a lot pretty cool. faster. No, I put the tortillas around the edge and put cheese in them and it melted them just nicely but didn't get them all hard. Nice. We really appreciate your working with us on the fire disc and wish you a tremendous amount of success. I think you have a neat product and I like to see good old American ingenuity. Yes. Well, thank you. I'm glad y'all are enjoying it. Yeah, enjoy it out there on the camping trip. And uh, yeah, share some pictures with us. We do have a uh, owner's group on Facebook. Uh, if y'all are not on it or your listeners are not on it, it's not our page. It's actually our Fire Disc Owners Group. You can look up Fire Disc Nation, Fire Disc Owners Group. It'll pop up. I recommend you join there. And there's so many recipes and tips. You know, all our fans are on there and providing pictures and all kinds of good stuff and recipes. That's always good. I yeah. Every time we get any kind of gadget like that, I look for a group because that gives us more and more and more ideas of things to cook or ways to use whatever it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's super helpful. Well, Griff, thank you again for spending some time with us this morning and the great fire disc that you and your brother invented. We are looking forward to years of good cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's good. It'll, it'll last for years, I promise. Well, have a super terrific day and we will see you on Facebook. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks thank so you. much. Have a great day. All you right. Too. You we would like to welcome Ed O. Bridgman. Ed has just opened Homestead RV Community in Theodore, Alabama. Ed, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Tell us, if you would, the difference between an RV community and a um, campground. Well, there are four different RV destinations. The first, which most people are familiar with, is an RV park. Everybody has seen them as you drive down the road near an exit on the interstate. There will be a place for people to pull over and for the driver to rejuvenate catch some rest, go to the bathroom, eat something. They've been around for over 100 years. I know that's hard to believe, but <laughs> Airstream celebrated 
100 years in business in 2019. And so campgrounds and parks have been around for 100 years. That's awesome. The problem is that Parks oftentimes have very little amenities. They're just for people to pull off the road at dusk and get back on the road in daylight. So they don't have pools. They don't have concrete pads. They're not usually as nice. A campground is right across the street as close as possible to that amusement park or national park. That's the reason why people went there. They went there to go to enjoy the amusement park or the national park, but they camp overnight at the campground. Recently, within the last 20 years, people have started developing resorts. And a resort has been a result of people wanting to travel less distance. 65% of Americans travel less than 50 miles when they use their RV. And that's going to only get higher as the price of fuel goes up which I predict it will. (laughs) 75% of Americans travel less than 100 miles when they use their RV. They want shorter distance. They want to be able to use their RV more often on like long weekends instead of taking a week at a time to travel across country. So resorts have become very popular. Though the resort does not have to be along the highway, it does need to have amenities that draw people there need to have a reason to go there. A community is what I built, is Homestead RV Community, and that is for people to stay longer term. And I define that as being longer than one month. So people who want to come and stay, and actually they're living there, whether they're from up north and they're trying to avoid the cold weather and they come down (laughs) for six months at a time, Or a lot of people now will not return to a brick-and-mortar office. They will work virtually from now on. What they require is high-speed internet. At Homestead RV Community, I have fiber optic cables throughout that allows me to not only have the fastest high-speed internet access today, but I will continue to have the fastest high-speed internet access as technology improves for tens of 20 years from now because of the high-speed fiber optic cables that I employed in Homestead. That alone would make me want to go there because (laughs) I think it's a recognized norm that in the RV industry, when the campground says it has Wi-Fi, usually that's just wish-fi. You know, I mean, occasionally, yeah, there's somebody who has acceptable internet, but that's Absolutely not the norm by any stretch of the imagination. But it has to be in the future. As people are developing new sites, yes, we're getting vaccinated and children are being allowed to go back to school now. But some people will decide to stay home, not only because they don't go back to a brick and mortar office, but because they're available and because they want that quality time with their children, more and more people will choose to homeschool their children. You've got to have high-speed internet so that you can attend Zoom meetings for work, but at the same time, your child needs to be able to download their homework and do what they're supposed to do. And in the You want to be able to download those movies without buffering all at the same time. (laughs) The norm has really become people cutting the cord in terms of watching media, movies and TV shows and whatnot. They'd rather watch it on their tablets or smart TVs and such. And that just 
is where most RV parks let you down. So Homestead RV community, obviously, that is not the case at all. We're very, very, very proud of the fact that we can support hundreds of RVs and everyone downloading movies at the same time. And our high-speed fiber optic cables can handle that. That is great yeah. news. That's on my list now just for that. Yeah, yeah I want <laughs> Without going any farther. Okay. Well, I know that... <laughs> around there there's some pretty neat stuff right for example there's a new national park being built at the moment if i'm not mistaken exactly there was a big oil spill in april of 2010 the british petroleum industries was fined 24 billion dollars that 24 billion dollars has to be spent along the gulf coast in the tourism industry the federal government used some of that money to purchase a huge parcel of land just seven-tenths of a mile from Homestead RV community, and they are developing the newest national park. Also around there, we have just less than five miles, we have Bellingraf Gardens. Bellingraf Gardens is known worldwide. People come from every country every year to enjoy the flowers at Bellingraf Garden, especially the Christmas lights. The month of December, Bellingraf Gardens will have over 3 million light bulbs they're using in 12 different displays to tell stories. We also have the USS Alabama in the Mobile Park. And Mobile, some people will argue, But Mobile was the very first place to have a Mardi Gras parade back in 1703. That's like 20-some years before Mardi Gras fittered in New Orleans. Yeah, I've heard about the Mobile Mardi Gras, (laughs) and it's on my list of things to experience while I'm still on the planet. So now we know what time of year we're going to (laughs) go. We know we're going to have internet, and we know that there will be a national park by the time we probably make it there. (laughs) So there's lots of stuff around the park, it sounds like. Yeah. Lots of things to do while you stay. But what if we just wanted to stay there for a week? Is there enough stuff to keep us busy right there in your park? We have a very nice stocked fishing pond that is fun to catch bass and crappie and catfish out of. We have a very nice playground area for the children. We have a huge fire pit. We don't have fire stands at each site. Certainly people can bring fire stands if they want, but we have a huge fire pit that we can easily set 30 people around and have uh, on Friday night. We can start huge logs in there and it's, it's quite captivating. Our smallest site is 40 foot wide and 82 foot long. That's larger than a lot of people have in a front yard. Yeah. Thing you can do in a front yard, playing catch with your children or playing croquet or volleyball, you can do at your site. Each site has a concrete pad, and the smallest pad is 20 foot wide by 70 foot long. So if you took the largest fifth wheel toy hauler made 46 feet in length and added the great big one ton dually, <laughs> which is 22 foot in length, you're going to add up to 68 feet, which means that you still have room to walk around your pickup and not be out in the road. And you would still have 10 foot wide concrete, 70 foot long for individual heated and cooled hot tubs. 
Yes, you heard yeah. me correctly. Yes, I read about that. That <laughs> is a, that is a fantastic idea. So what I understand is that you can rent a hot tub and it gets delivered to your site for your use. Is that right? Exactly. So these are not your mom and pop blow up hot tubs or kiddie pools. These are full grown commercial size, temperature controlled. You can have them hot or cold. You order this hot tub to come out and we bring it out. We set it up at your site. A lot of people have outdoor televisions. We put it right in front of your television. You sit in your hot tub. It takes one hour to fill it up. I have a custom made trailer that has a propane tank on it and also has an instant hot water heater. Nice. We fill your, if you want it to be hot water, we fill it up with 113 degree hot water. Wow. One hour later, you've got 12 jets, you've got 12 LED lights, and it's got a locking lid. So you control who gets in your water. That's amazing. I have never heard of anything like that. And as if the internet weren't reason enough for me to travel (laughs) across the country, that nailed it right there for me. Now, here's something else I noticed. You can actually order that tub to be delivered on your app. Exactly. So you have an app specifically for Homestead. Homestead RV Community is completely virtual. When you pull into Homestead RV Community, you don't stop at the office. Everything is already done by the time you get there. And you've let us know when you're going to arrive. We're waiting for you in our green golf carts. We escort you to your site, help you back in, make certain that you're set up correctly, make certain you have the high-speed internet password, and get you all set up. If you wanted a hot tub, we deliver it at that point. One hour later, you have a hot tub. Or if you didn't want hot water, it would be filled even faster, and you would have cold water. But it's all set up for you. It's all virtual. You go into the app and you say, you know what? I want some firewood or I want a fishing pole that I can use in your stocked fishing pond or I want some outdoor furniture. Everything is purchased through the app. Even if you wanted to go to the laundry room, you would go to the laundry machine and you would take a picture of the QR code on the laundry machine. And then you would download from your credit card to the app some money and you would say, turn on washing machine number two. Wow. So I can leave my roll of quarters at home now. (laughs) We don't take quarters. We don't take cash. We don't take checks. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to. You only talk to people that you decide you want to talk to. If I could dream a place to stay, I think I would dream of your place. Right? I mean, seriously. <laughs> so you're in Alabama, and Alabama doesn't get snow, I hope. <laughs> so you're open year-round, I guess. Any time is a good time to stay. Is that right? I am in L.A., lower Alabama. I am about 10 miles from the Gulf, Dolphin Island is just about eight miles from me. And that's where the largest fishing rodeo in the world is Dolphin Island. They have prizes ranging close to a half a million dollars. That's the month of July. And people think that because we don't get snow, we don't have harsh winters, (laughs) we must have harsh summers. But in reality, Last year, it only reached 100 degrees a couple of days. Our average rainfall is high. We'll have 66 inches of annual rainfall per year, but it happens very quickly. We'll have a couple hours where it'll rain a couple inches, and then we'll have beautiful blue skies most of the time. I think our average temperature is in the mid-70s, with average low temperature being in the low 60s. 
Okay. So it sounds like a great place for people who live where there's a lot of winter to escape to. Right. For a variety of reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have people coming down from up north who are escaping their harsh winters and they come down for a long period of time. And then they may say, you know what, I'm going to come back here next year. And rather than pulling my fifth wheel back up to Ohio or Pennsylvania or something like that. I just want to leave it here for the six months that I go back up north. I'm at 24 feet elevation. So when there is a storm in the Gulf and we are given mandatory evacuation, you do not have to evacuate from Homestead RV community and your insurance is still good. Not only that, but all of our buildings have been built to 170 mile an hour wind. Wow. <laughs> so if you decide you don't want to stay in your RV and you want to get into the bathroom, the laundry room, or something like that, our primary building is backed up with a generator. You can go in there and enjoy the air conditioning and set out the storm in there and comfort. <laughs> so you have truly thought things through on yeah, just about sure. any level I can imagine. We have incredible fishing. I bet we have incredible seafood. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I can many restaurants who have their own fishing boats and they go out at night and catch fish and the fish Yay. you're eating the next day swam in the ocean that night. Wow. Wow. That's terrific. That fresh. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. Ed, thank you so much. This was so fascinating and inspiring to know that a kind of place like this exists. It's been a pleasure having you as our guest. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be your guest. The only thing I guess I would add is my website. Oh, yes. www.homervc.com. And from that website, you can find our telephone number 251 973 2484. And we will put that also in our show notes and yes. links on our website. We can't wait to come and stay there ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to have you. Oh, it'd be a pleasure. All right. Well, thanks again for your time today. All right. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you so Thank much. Thank you again. Thank you. Well, what'd you think? Three guests. And you might have even been surprised by Odyssey Batteries being an AGM supplier. And yet we've been kind of advocates of lithium batteries, but not every solution works for every camper. And that's why we wanted to kind of get another take on that. Right. So, and I learned a super lot about batteries that yeah. I did not ever think I cared to understand. Yeah, he but was now really I understand. Knowledgeable. Yeah. Last week, if you'll recall, we asked everybody what their favorite chair was. Yeah, because guess what? Peggy wants a new one. I do want a new one. I'm really kind of eyeballing those rockers, and so I wanted to find out. And so aside from everybody showing their pictures of them sitting in giant chairs, <laughs> which <laughs> was also us, fun. Including right, us. Including us. I think it was notable that nobody said their favorite chair was one of those what we call bag chairs that folds up kind of tube shaped and fits back into a bag that was not on anyone's list of favorite chairs. We had zero gravity and we had the director style chairs. Which is what I really like for normal sitting down. Right. So we actually have director style regular height chairs, director style director height chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, if we ever get famous for doing a movie, well, right, not right. really. <laughs> and we also have zero gravity chairs. Which I like in place of the couch that I took out of our trailer. Right. So Tony likes to kick back and relax. I kind of like to sit up straight. It's just more comfortable for me. So that's one of the nice things about having 
whatever chairs we want when we want them, where we want them. But now Tiffany Packard showed me something that I had not seen before. And that was in the Stressless Camping Facebook group. In the Facebook Stressless group. Camping Podcast Facebook group. Tiffany's favorite chair is a director style chair, but it folds up like a bag chair. She said it's very supportive. It has straps that support you so you don't sink down. That's, I think, what we don't like about those bag chairs. You sink so low into them that it's hard to get back out. Yeah, and they're always like kind of flimsy. So when you displace a lot of water in the pool, as I do, <laughs> and you try to get out of those bag chairs... It's a good laugh for everybody. Yeah, we have several bag chairs with broken arms from trying to lift ourselves out of them. But anyway, thank you everyone for showing us your favorite chairs. And I hope that you're sitting around enjoying them right now. I still want a rocker. Yeah, I guess we're getting a rocker chair for Peggy. All right, so this week's question of the week, which you can answer on the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group, is... How do you as a passenger or how does your passenger pass the time on the road? Listening to the Stressless Camping Podcast. Well, yes, that's how we do it. We don't usually give our answer till the end, but... (laughs) Oh, whoops. But anyway, that's what I'm curious about, what other people do. I can't look down. I can't read or anything or I get motion sickness. Yeah. So that is not my answer. But is that your answer? Do you do other things? Do you... I don't know. What do you do? That's what yeah, I want to know. That's what Peggy wants to know. So <laughs> You know what else I want you to know? What's that? That we have a once a week newsletter. That's true. And it's absolutely free. It's and you can sign free. up on stresslesscamping.com. There's a pop-up if you haven't clicked through it and said, I don't want to see this anymore. And uh, of course, that's where you'd sign up. We give a once a week email. We try to share stuff that we've seen also out there on the internet that Mm -hmm. I think might be of interest to you, our articles and all of that. And it's only once a week, and we would never share your information, of course. Never, never. Of course, we're also on all the social places. That's right. And if you start at www.stresslesscamping.com because you want to sign up for our newsletter, (laughs) you can also use that website to jump off onto those social places like Facebook and Instagram. YouTube. And by the way, we have a YouTube video for the fire disc cooker on our YouTube channel. We do. I guess we have resigned ourselves to we are going to do more YouTube videos. So there you so go. So those of you, those three of you who are asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't dismay. We're working on it. Absolutely. And of course, if you're looking for a great resource for new RVers, RV events, deals, and more, check out the homepage of StresslessCamping.com. We've put together lots of resources, including tips for new RVers and recipes. And we have a new feature, which is the campground highlight. Yes. And StresslessCamping.com is where we provide great information. Right. So on that new page of campgrounds, you will be able to see the location of the campgrounds that we talked to in our new feature. And you will be able to hear the excerpt from From the podcast podcast of that campground. Yeah, it's kind of fancy. Fancy pants. Well, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, you know that it's absolutely free. free. Yep. And you can subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Yeah, and thank you for the reviews. Those help others find the podcast. And the more people who do that, the better the guests we get. So it's kind of a cool thing. A lot of companies are reaching out to us saying, hey, we want to be a guest on your podcast. And we pick the ones that we think are relevant and awesome. Right. Thank you again for spending some time with us this week. We look forward to seeing you again next week. And until then... Happy Happy camping. camping!
We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!